You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. What's up, Duke fans? Welcome to the Devil's Den podcast. I'm your host, Josh Smith, joined by my co-host, Raul and Shu. Um, we're recording this on Sunday. I wanted to take a day or two to kind of absorb some of that. Um, obviously, Friday night, Duke fell to Arizona 78-73 in Cameron. Um, ironically, that was Coach's first ever loss in Cameron. Got this one out of the way pretty early this year, unfortunately. Um, we're we're going to talk about that a little bit, and then we're going to kind of preview Michigan State coming up in the hopefully get things back on track. So if if you didn't watch, I'm not sure what you're doing here at this point, but I'm assuming everyone did watch. Flip was awesome. Finished with 25 and eight. Roach chipped in. There was 17. Um, again, unfortunately, that's the only two guys that cracked double figures for us. So we'll jump in and talk about the game a little bit and get our get our perceptions here. Um, well, let's start with, first, let me back up a little bit. There's been a lot of buzz about like just the significance of this game. And I will say that it, it was really cool to kind of have this type of game. Um, you know, Duke fans, we've had big games every year early, but those are typically because we're playing in some tournament or the Champions Classic or like ACC Big Ten or whatever it is now, ACC, SEC Challenge. Um, but to have a true like home and home like this, like you have to really go back a while to have just had this type of slate. So I thought that was really cool um, to see where we stand, to have this sort of energy in, you know, November, early November, um, kind of unprecedented. So we, we can yeah, talk about that to be so too. early. I think like the St. John's ones that we used to do, they were like February games, right? Late January, they were. Yeah. And it was hit or miss on how good St. John's really was, sure. or like, you know, sometimes they were really good. Um, other times, not so much, but. Um, other times they just kicked our ass despite not being good <laughs> yeah, like remember the nolan bad. smith year yep um, yeah despite it yep um and even for the the 1k game right like yeah that, that was a we really came back close game down too. from like 15 down or something i think and won yeah. that yeah tyus was huge late i remember that um well let's let's start with the the first half here i think this is probably going to be the most negative but just because the first half was just not good for us um just really couldn't get the offense struggling i know coach was talking about in his post game that uh and pretty candid, really, that it just wasn't Duke basketball. He was like, I don't really know. I'd have to go back and watch film. We weren't moving the ball. We were getting too ISO heavy. Um, shoot, we watched the game live with Shuff. Shouts to Shuff. Do you think that was anything that, like, Arizona was doing? Or do you think we were just pressing too much? Guys were just trying to make a play here? Or did you attribute that to just Arizona's defensive game plan? Uh, I mean, I guess a little bit of both, but a lot of it, and we'll probably get into it, the shooting early on, especially the three-point shooting. Uh, I think we were like two of 11 or something like that in the first half. A lot of those threes that we took early on were just guards getting a rebound, coming up court, and just kind of walking into a three, not a pass made, you know. So sometimes those are great shots, but they're also, sometimes they're tough. Like Proctor was pretty much into a full sprint and stopped and, and shot one. So um, tough to get stuff going that way. And then, a lot of the other ones, like, you know, those guys were kind of physical inside. Balo's a big dude, so maybe that that got into the back of their head and they just, you know, started taking some more ISO stuff. We were also getting a lot of our passes deflected. So, yeah. uh, you know, instead of getting the ball stolen, let's just make a move and, and try to go one-on-one. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought Tommy Lloyd had a – I guess, you know, 
I don't know if I'm impressed by Arizona's defense. You know, we were just talking offline, like Rowell said, it's hard to tell if they're going to be a really good defensive team. But I think what we can say is they had an excellent defensive game plan coming into this game. It was almost like watching like an NBA, NBA playoff game in terms of just like they were so crisp on how they wanted to disguise certain coverages and how they wanted to get into certain sets against certain guys. Like we saw Ryan Young standing on the perimeter for minutes, just no one within 10 feet of him. Yep. Right. Like just nowhere to go. Um, kind of was just hoping you got to take that shot, bro. Right. At that point, you just got to take that shot and just live with it. Um, yeah. They obviously didn't respect Mitchell's shot either. Mitchell. Yeah. I mean, he had four really good wide open mm. looks from three. Couldn't, couldn't capitalize on those. I think it got in his head a little bit of, oh, they're just not going to come out on me. Um, everyone else they played pretty much straight up with, right. you know, like they, they just guarded, but doing that you're playing three on five at that point a little bit and it starts to get psychological. It was almost like watching the, uh, what was it? We were at that game shoot. Was it UCF um, 2019 yeah. when they yeah, just were like, Taco Ball's going to guard Trey from the yeah. paint, like from the rim <laughs> and almost worked. Um, it was that level of like preparation. So shouts to Tommy Lloyd in Arizona, I guess, for just coming in with, hey, this is our game plan. We're going to ride it. If Mitchell shoots five for six from three, they beat us and we'll just live with it. Um, you don't see that very often in college. That's really. what I was going to say. For whatever reason, it seems basic, like play off the guy who can't shoot. But right. it's just not something college coaches do. They tend to like to play their like kind of fixed defense they play throughout the year, and then they don't really switch it up. Yeah, yeah. But so, yeah, I, we, I think we said coming into the game that he's like, we consider Tommy Lloyd one of the top tier coaches in college basketball. So that was definitely a concern of ours. Yeah, yeah. Um I just was not expecting that level of precision defensively, I guess, because I thought offensively they didn't really do anything that impressed me a ton that to just score 122 points. I thought maybe we were playing good defense. Sure. But um, it wasn't anything super sophisticated. I can, I guess if you can get Caleb Love to only take nine shots, then that's pretty good considering what he's done in the past. But um the other thing in the first half and really throughout the game, but really in the first half that killed us was the rebounding. Um, at one point it was what 10 and to zero. nothing. I think it finished 10, one, but then they had like way more second chance points. If you're getting killed on the boards like that and you can't shoot or two for 11 from three in the first half, you, you're going to put yourself in a hole. Um, even then though, we're right there, right? Yeah. We're right there in the game. Caleb Love hits that shot at the end. It kind of, and boost it and put them up, but it was what a four point game, five point game. It was thirty one to thirty with three minutes and like twenty seconds left, and they just went on this like a, like eleven to three run to to close the half. Yeah, um, and then you're digging out of a hole the entire second half. Yeah, like uh, yeah. we talked about offline, we thought we played really well in the second half, but you're down eight points already, so yeah. you've got to outscore them by nine to win the game. Yeah, and that that was a killer right there. Um, you know, a, a little bit of schematic stuff, sure, a little bit of personnel, but I think it's worth kind of unpacking it a little bit just because all summer the whole argument was, you know, do you add another big man? Um, are we going to be able to compete? And I've seen it, you know, this game kind of all those people came out, right? They're there in full force. Of, oh, we need yep. a portal big. Oh, we need this and that. Um, but I still think it's two sides to this, too, because, like, I'm watching Filipowski at the five just dominate dudes. Yep. I mean, both of their big guys, the physicality didn't bother him. He had 25 and eight. He was shooting threes when they wouldn't come out. When they did, he was taking dude off the bounce for the scoop. I mean, he was doing whatever he wanted to do. Um, you don't get that if he's not playing in that kind of space, right? Like, he wasn't getting that level of looks with Ryan Young on the floor with him. Yeah, right. I mean, look, so, just look at his stats on the year. I know it's only two games, but he's averaging 25 points on 63, 57, 86 shooting. Yeah. yeah. Like that is national player of the year. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it, it's, we got to figure it out, but it's not like, you know, okay, you go get a big guy. Um, how much bigger is he really going to be than Mark Mitchell at this point? You, you know, a, I, a guy that protects the rim. That's what we needed. You know, sure. That's, that's what killed us. Like rewatching the game, just points in the paint. You know, the, their guards got in bias, and then when Flip or Young or whoever stepped up to stop the ball, they just dropped it off bounce pass for 
layouts sure. you know sure. all, and, and maybe you go, have to go back to drop or maybe you have to figure out okay we need to we need to go back right. to a conservative defensive system because our guards are getting burned too much yeah. um that's completely valid but i don't think okay you add another big out there um I don't know. I just don't think it's that what simple. Is that, what does that do to the offense, though? It's like the reason it worked right. with Lively last year is because Lively was such a good defender that it was worth giving up a little bit of offense to have him on the floor. So unless you're finding somebody that's like 80% of Lively, then you're just kind of clogging the paint for no reason, which is my yeah. problem with Ryan Young right now, but that's a whole different issue. Or a yeah. room protecting for yeah. like maybe Sean Stewart which we can yeah. get into. Yeah, we could talk sure. about that. And, and Mark could even become that, right? I think right. he can be a much better rebounder than what he was last night or Friday night. Um, you and know, and rim protection too. Fine, yeah. And rim protection too, yeah. Like he has the length, he has the physicality, he has the speed athleticism to be able to do that. Um, you know, I, I don't think this was a great showing from Reeves personally. I think like, especially when it comes to rebounding. I mean, that guy, that one, that offensive rebound and, and one that he got was just like, dude, that can't happen. And Roach yeah. pretty much came up to him and was like, that's no go, right? Like you, you got to have that ball, dude. Um, the, the one little lob rim run doesn't offset like four offensive rebounds in 90 seconds or yeah, whatever give it was. Up two or three in one possession. Yeah. As and, he came in, so. you know, so, and I, I like the Sean Stewart thing. Maybe that's a guy that we've continued to kind of see like, Hmm. Seems like he deserves a little bit more minutes. He plays hard. But again, what made Lively work so well is that none of his energy came from needing the ball offensively. None of his energy or effort came from like whether he got one of those putback slams, whether he got a lob. It was all just communication, defense, rim running, playing hard. It's hard to find that. It's hard to get a guy to stay that engaged and say, oh, you might get three shots tonight. You know, like that's a tough sell. Um, but, you know, either way, um, their guard play kind of got to us a little bit, too, it looked like, especially in that first half. Boswell, um, Love hits the big one, um, puts him up kind of, what, 8, 41, 33, heading into half. I guess we can stop there for a second. A um, lot of talking in this game. A lot of kind of verbal shoe we were watching it live. W what are you making of that? Because I did not see some of these Arizona guys kind of having that sort of mentality love sure like love and roach were going to talk all night like love and Proctor, they're going to talk um but boswell the pele larson kid like they're all jaw what was that about for you you think they just had a mindset coming in thought they were underrated had something to prove some bad blood between some guys i don't know it was a little bit weird to me what did you make of it yeah i mean i guess look coming into cameron it's not something that arizona's I don't know if they've ever played in Cameron. Maybe once before, I think they said somewhere. Um, it had been since 1990 since they yeah. were in Cameron. Yeah. So, um, you know, historic venue. Coach K's there. You know, it's a big game. It's a white, the first ever white out. You know, I imagine the emotions are just high. And obviously, Caleb's probably talked to him about playing in there and how they're going to be getting it from the crowd. So I can see where um, all that kind of gets to you and, you know, if you're winning, you you start chirping a little bit. What'd you make of the Tar Heel for Life shoes glove head on? Odd. Yeah. Very odd. Um, yeah. You know, I guess that's how he feels. It's, I don't know how I would feel in that situation. I don't, you know, I don't know. That's based on what we've heard that came mm -hmm. out regarding the, the decision to leave there or whether or not it was his decision or not. Um, right. Just, just a bit. Uh, and to see all of them claiming him too. It's like, well, where was all this love for him last year? Yeah. He'd probably still be there. Right. You right. run the guy off and I don't know. That's just a, uh, a bit odd to me. Ro, do you want to chime in on that? Yeah. It's just hilarious. It's uh, I was, you know, I did not get to watch the game live. So I was kind of watching uh, some of it on YouTube and I was looking at the comments and all these like UNC fans are there being like, I hope Love has success at Arizona. Wish him nothing but the best. He deserves it. That kind of thing. And I'm like, that's not what you were saying, mm -hmm. like deep into last year. Mm -hmm. So just kind of this about face is just funny to me. Yeah. There's a cancer to the team. To right. Be exactly. you, know? yeah. you want him to do well, just not here, bro. Yeah. Right. Like, okay. Um, but you know, whatever. Um, he had some nice little choice words there, I think, for for Proctor after he made the the buzzer beater at the half. Um, you know, it's a typical Caleb Love shot, right? It's a typical, but at the same time, it's like, 
what are we doing? We let the dude see the rim the whole way down the floor, man. Like I said, I even caught it to shoot. As soon as he caught it, I was like, he's making that. He's yes. going because no one tried to contest. It was way too late on, on the denial. Um, but whatever, put ourselves in a pretty bad hole going to half. Um, second half, completely different, right? Like yeah. I thought we like thoroughly outplayed them the entire second half, except for that final like 48 seconds when it got away from us. Um, but basically, we're down eight. If if it was a remotely close game, we're probably up six or seven in the second half. Like we completely flipped the script, um, and then just couldn't get it done. I mean, we got the shots to fall. We go two for eleven in the first half. Go six from eleven from three after the break. Um, what do you think was going on there? I mean, they talked about you know moving the ball a little bit more. Do you think it was a function of the offense kind of clicking? Something that we were doing systematically. Or just reverting back to the mean a little bit. Uh, Shoot, did you take anything from that, or you just no, thought that, I, we got what I saw is that we we definitely were moving the ball. There's a lot of pitch uh, pick and pops, especially with flip, flip. Um, I think Balo had scored on him and gave him the too little, and then flip came right back down, set a, a screen, three. rolls yeah. off of it, hits a three. Like, all right, you know, you do what you do, but I can do this. And then uh, obviously Jeremy hit uh, three, I think, and a lot of them were. Um, Two of them might have been coming like pick and pops, and then obviously the last one um, on the curl, the yeah. curl on the out of bounds play. That's a big um, shot. That was a big huge shot. So I just thought that we were we were moving the ball, playing more Duke basketball in the second half, and and getting shots for ourselves. Yeah, instead yeah. of like making you know making our own shot. Well, this isn't uh, this isn't on the offensive end, but we cleaned up the rebounding as well. Yes. Yep. Um, I think I saw that uh, they rebounded 55% of their misses in the first half, which is obviously terrible. Um, <laughs> but then they finished the game at like 36 or 37%, which means we probably only allowed them to get like 20% of their misses in the second half, which is great. Yeah. That's yeah. like Virginia defensive rebounding numbers. Um, yeah. So just cleaning that up meant that, uh, you know, that just helped our defense tremendously. Yeah, I mean, that that was huge. Um, and even in the second half, it's like they still found a way to get lucky ball. Like we had two yep. steals like right yeah, there where we almost have it and then they get it and Boswell just kicks it right down to somebody, right? Or kicks yep. it right to Ballow and they, they get points out of it. Yeah, it feels um, cheap to complain about some of those uh, lucky shots and stuff too, but there really were a lot, not just the Caleb Love bank shot, but, uh, you know, Boswell hit one. Yeah, the like, step, he back, step three. back three, and then he hits well, he the, hit like, the around circus, the world. Yeah, the yeah. circus layup, too, yeah. Not even looking at the rim, just I throws it back. I think Bradley hit one, go, go at, driving left and shot it, you know, right-handed off the backboard, like, not yeah. a great shot. Yeah. And then, mean, obviously, that final and one, too, that wasn't yeah. easy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he just kind of shot puts that thing up there, and it rattles down. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that was tough. Um, rotation? kind of shorted down a little bit. I think that's something to maybe talk about here. Um, when I went, like, after the game, I was like, man, like, it didn't feel like Foster did anything or played at all. He plays 15 minutes, but it's pretty invisible out yeah. there, really, right? Like, this is a guy that I thought had a really good game last game. Um, obviously, this is not Dartmouth. We, we were all aware of that. Um, but I thought against Arizona's defense, especially against their guards, like, love is a defensive sieve. Um, Boswell was fine, but it's not like he was out there locking dudes up. I thought Foster would be able to get to the rim in this game, at least in the lane and make something good happen. Just wasn't there, you know. That thing, kind of, like he didn't he didn't even wasn't really sure look, what to do to and, be aggressive. Yeah, it was kind of like a two dribbles to drive and then just all right, let me kick it back out. You know, it's and and it looks like John too wants to run a more sophisticated offensive system. And Foster is probably a guy that's going to take him a little bit just used to being able to like, I can get the ball, send me a ball screen, I can get to the rim, right? Or I can get to somewhere and make something happen rather than rather than, than playing within the system. Um, would have liked to call maybe a few more things for him a little bit too here or there to see what was going to happen. But either way, we didn't get much from him, didn't get much at all from the bench, really. Across the board, um, Sean Stewart gave a few good minutes there. Jalen Blake's after playing again, exceptional against Dartmouth. Not much action here. Um, TJ didn't get off the bench. Reeves, I think, just played those two minutes in the first half, and that was it. Um, it was pretty much the guards and Ryan Young and a little bit of Caleb Foster. Two games in, what do y'all make of that? Concern level, is it just because of the matchup wanting to win the game, or... 
are we really just not as deep as we thought we were? You know, there was a lot of made over the summer about Jeremy coming back and, oh, we've got Foster and we've got McCain. Like, I'm glad Jeremy came back now. <laughs> yeah. Um, mm. <laughs> we'd be in a world of hurt without him because as much as I do like McCain and Foster and especially their potential, I don't think they're anywhere near like ready to really give you a lot right out of the gate, uh, especially against the Arizonas, the Baylors, the Arkansas, some of these top-tier teams that we'll be playing. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know, Raul. What do, you, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, Roach has clearly been our best guard so far, right? Like, um, yeah. And, you know, that's even taking Proctor into account coming back and everybody's expecting him to have this big year. And he was good in the first game. But in this game, I thought he just looked a little outmatched physically, um, whereas Roach looked completely comfortable and ready to play, especially when he got it going. But just just the, the physical aspect of it, Roach is just, you know, can kind of handle that level of physicality. Uh, and Proctor doesn't look like he can. And then, of course, you know, Foster and McCain both being so young. It's just like, it's a lot to ask of them in their second game in college. Um, so like you, I'm, I'm really glad he came back, but it is a little uh, concerning that in game two, Roach is playing 38 minutes, um, you know, flips up there as well. Um, probably would have been even more if not for the fouls and stuff. But uh, yeah. And, and we're essentially down to seven men and, and, and player six and seven aren't even playing that many minutes. Right. Right. Um, it's my, like a K rotation, you know? Yeah, yeah. And my concern, too, is, um, again, we're still so young into the season where everything's going to be overreactionary until we have enough sample to really kind of look at data. Um, I was a little disappointed in Tyrese. I'm not going to lie. You know, I thought that um, – I thought he played okay, but I just wish he would have played a little bit more aggressive, you know, yeah. to really try to make to kind of get things going. Um, he had some really nice things in the ball screen. That little like pass he had to flip over Crevis when he wasn't looking and he just kind of threw it just right between dude's shoulders. Um, that was great. You know, he missed some threes. Um obviously. Yeah, he had a lot of balls that like like he got into the lane doing the same thing they did tried to make a pass and it got deflected and stolen him away. and mccain both struggled with that yeah, a lot yeah. um trying to he had the one wrap down. around the young and young just didn't catch young it, bobbles that was it. A, yeah yeah had a had one or two to wide open um mark mitchell mm-hmm. misses those threes right if you're right yeah. so if let's say if mark shoots two shoots 50 percent on wide open threes um and young catches that then he has three more assists to go into it and maybe it kind of changes how we look at sure. it so that that's a solid point um mccain as well you know i thought he was scrappy loved what he was doing kind of active defensively he sure. seemed fine um i think he led us an assist if i'm not yeah and he um, had three rebounds too right rebounded yeah rebounded yeah. well too from from that spot yeah four rebounds too um so you know, the, the rebounding is a huge thing. It, when Jerry McCain is second on the team, or I guess Mark had five, that's that's gotta that's gotta go up. No, not a single double digit rebounder too. And I guess if you wanted to examine flip at the five, I don't understand why he was such a better rebounder at the four. Um, but maybe again, small sample and we'll just kind of continue to see where that goes. But um yeah, I don't know. I'm not not going to panic yet. I, I think Sean Stewart is a guy that could get more minutes. I think Foster is going to be fine. You know, at, at a certain point, like it'll it'll come to him. Um, but those non-flip minutes are going to be because he's basically the offense. Like he's the offensive yep. system. Everything that we can do, everything to open everything up, it has to go through him. Even if it's just him setting a ball screen or doing a curl or being a decoy, the, the non-flip minutes are going to be pretty. Uh, interesting i guess to to say the least right now well i will say that the uh minutes with young as the lone big last year looked pretty good actually um they you know they would usually come kind of against second units i guess but uh so maybe there's something in that like just having young with some spacing out there could could work a little bit too um rather than having so many of young's minutes overlap with flip like they seem to sure sure um and we didn't really play an offensively powered team like this last year um maybe purdue 
but Purdue offensively is not as good as Arizona is, um, and Purdue waxed us, right? So it's right. like, all right, well, maybe there is some growth it's there. The same concept, just dump it down to their monster inside. I mean, that's what yeah. Purdue did to us. Yeah. Um, but even then, you know, and that's the last kind of point I'll make with the two big thing is it's not like those Arizona post-ups were killing us. Like, I'm fine with that, right? Like, Bella has an 82 offensive re- or offensive rating. Um, he's shoots 6 of 12 from 2. Like, that's that's great paint defense there, right? If I can hold him to 50% on post-ups, that's fine. Um, I mean, if we know. just do a normal job of rebounding, yeah. they're, they're, like, below 70 points, and then we're feeling great about the defense, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that was the... Yeah, that was the The rebounding's you know? obviously been an issue throughout every game we've played, you know, ex- right. exhibition yeah. notwithstanding. So, you know, yeah. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll see. Um, we'll we'll kind of continue to, to check that out. But let's take a quick break, and then we'll come back and we'll do our player spotlights. It's the NFL offseason, but on Pick 6, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, the football season never stops. Host Will Brinson, John Breach, and Tyler Sullivan are joined by analysts like Brady Quinn, Leslie Ducible, Katie Mox, and R.J. White to keep you in the loop on everything happening around the league. Whether it's free agents signing with new teams, the all-important NFL draft, or schedule release day, Pick 6 has you covered. As the face of the league changes with every team move and player pickup this spring, Pick 6 is a must Listen, download, and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and anywhere podcasts are found. Hello, everyone. It's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search The Rest is Football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Meats. All right. Well, you know, obviously it's a loss. Um, so the spotlights aren't going to be quite as bright as normal. Um, but we'll still kind of go through and pick out a guy that or two that you thought was, uh, you know, that played well um, or did some things well. Um, I, I can start it off here. Not going to take, I guess, the obvious ones. Um, I thought Jared McCain played really well, and it didn't really kind of like jump out. But when I went back and rewatched it, was looking at the box score. We just mentioned it. You know, he has four rebounds. He has five assists. He has three steals. He had three turnovers. Two of them were where he was just really trying to make a play. Like that one, he just kind of whipped a pass down. Um, got picked off, can't make that pass, right? You can't make a no-look pass through three guys. That's probably not going down against a team like Arizona. Um, but he seemed composed and then like, or composed, 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 whichever one, pick your poison. Mm-hmm. But what really got me though, is when we we're watching the game at shoes and that big had the ball and like Jared's there, like not just letting yep. him like put it down and go right back up. Right. He's like, dude, if you put this on the floor, I'm taking it basically that is huge right just being able to scrap being willing to get down there and gang rebound do some dirty work um maybe that wasn't on the scouting report and i just missed it i didn't think we were getting that from jared in that terms of just being able to do it all and just be so valuable um across the board so i thought for him as a frosh coming into this game the moment didn't seem too big for him the physicality didn't seem to kind of bother him a ton um thought he played well Thought he played well. So, so I'll take Jared um, for mine. Rolo, I'll toss it to you next. Who you got? Yeah, I mean, this is the obvious one, but it's Kyle Filipowski. And uh, I mentioned his shooting splits earlier, you know, just being phenomenal. You know, 60, 62.5 field goal percentage, 57.3, uh, 85.7 free throw percentage, uh, you know, just offensive efficiency off the charts. Um one thing I'm noticing when digging through his stats is just his two point attempts are way up. Um, and that's been the main difference in his usage. His usage overall isn't actually that much higher, but he's just get he's clearly getting a lot more shots at the basket. So like uh last year his two point attempts are eight point five per game, and now they're up to twelve point five per game, and he's shooting sixty-four percent on those versus fifty percent last year. So just huge jump in efficiency and finishing uh, so far, but there are some there are some critiques you could have. Um, the whole team has been bad at drawing free throws. I don't think we've talked about that yet. Yeah, um, and his free throw attempts are actually 
down and they're only at 3.5 per game, which is really low for a seven footer and a five out system who attacks the rim as much as he is. So you'd like to see that go up. Ideally, you think his his free throw attempt should be like six or seven a game at least. Um, so that could really help out the team with our free throw drawing, just get us some easy points. But other than that, there's, you know, not a lot to complain about. Maybe you'd like to see his, uh, like you already mentioned, uh, his rebounding at the five be as good as it was at the four last year. But yeah, I mean, he's playing at a national player of the year level. Um, and he's really what kept us in that game at all. Yeah. Well, and you, maybe you just answered it too, right? Because if his two point percentage is going up 15 points, most of his offensive rebounds last year were his That's true. own offensive rebounds, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. So if he's not missing, I'm putting them back, then that might be explained. Some yeah, of it. I, I should look at the defensive rebounding versus last year. I wonder if the drop off is all on offensive rebounding. That would make sense. I mean, he only had one Friday. So right, exactly. Yeah. So, and so also shouts go. to flip. I mean, he battled Balo all night yeah, and, he still, was. and still he was. was able to, to, to put up this. So, um, you know, good on him for that. Yeah, yeah, had had a block, two steals as well, right? So yeah, um, flip was, you know, he shot three or five from three. Like that's yeah. that's what we want. About five attempts from him, like those open pick and pops. It's just got to get some help, right? Got to get some help down there, Jalen. But I thought that right. he looked really fluid uh, shooting it too. Yeah, yeah. Last year it was kind of like a little rough, and then we got to the end of the season in the ACC tournament. And his shot looked really good. And that's where it seems to be at now still. Yeah. Yeah. The only, only really one was that like kind of step back he tried to do over like yeah. the Krivis guy, right? It's For like, sure. all right, maybe we don't need that. But I think by that point, he's probably just sitting there like, if I don't do something, no one else is, right? So, yeah. I mean, I'd be fine with him getting a few more pick and pops per game, taking a yeah. few more catch and shoot attempts. Yeah. Yeah, it keeps the lane open too. So, yeah. especially you know. from that, that, I think it's the left wing. That's the one yeah. he kind of likes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, Shu, who you got? I'm going to go with Jeremy. I mean, I think that's an obvious. He was the only other guy in double figures. A um, little bit of a rant, you know. Jeremy came back last year, you know, one of only two guys that came back, didn't have to come back. There was a lot of talk that he was probably going to be his last year last year. Um, so to have him come back for a senior season, Again, I think I mentioned this last time, a McDonald's All-American that we've had for four years. We just don't see that a lot. I think Duke fans need to really appreciate everything Jeremy's done for us. And I don't know if they all do that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of people are always enamored with the new toy, the new freshman. But like I mentioned earlier, McCain and Foster, great players. I think they're going to be great down the road for us. But, you know, right out of the gate, they're just not ready yet. So not having Jeremy would would have been, I mean, we probably would have lost by double figures last night or Friday night, sorry. So um, just wanted to talk about, like, the big shots that he made, especially in the second half, um, three of five from three. Uh, some of those mid-range shots, just getting in the lane amongst the trees and throwing up nice soft floaters. I mean, that's that's what he does. That's what a vet does. So um thought he had a, just a, a really great game. Yeah, only the one turnover, too. You know, yeah. he had the two steals. I thought, yeah, I thought Roach was great. Um, so there was a point in the game last night I – it was about halfway through the second half, maybe, um, where he hits a floater in the lane that kind of ties the game at like 62 or 63 or something like that. I was going to ask you guys, because you watched it live, how you felt in that moment. Because I know I would have felt like, oh, we're winning this. There were yeah. multiple times where we thought yeah. we were winning it, right? Like he hits that shot. He hits that three. And we obviously thought, that okay. three late. The, yeah. the, the three, the curl eight was huge. Um, he had another one that he hit, just a soft little like mid range. Maybe that's the same one there. Um, but because he kind of went into takeover mode there yeah. for a little yeah. bit. And like him and Flip just had this nice dynamic going um, for about five or six minutes there where it looked like you're right. I was like, all right, we got the crowd. Um, and it all comes down to that like 30 second or maybe it was even less than that. We we get we go up to we swap the four, have to yeah. get the stop, give up an and one, one, come back down, and Tyrese drags his foot in the lane. And it's that's game. Mm. That's ball yep. game right there. Right. Like and I think uh Sam Vicini maybe pointed out on Twitter that uh that Tyrese travel was sort of caused by having Ryan Young out there because Ryan rolled into flip right in the lane yeah, yeah, and that yeah. made Tyrese hesitate. Yep. Yeah. That was uh that was bad. Mm-hmm. You know, that that was bad. Um and you know, there's a lot of games where Ryan Young's gonna be able to do a lot of good things. I just 
didn't think for the first like the first like 10 of his minutes were just not good right they were targeting him he wasn't rebounding um that final five or six minute stretch where he stayed in was fine yeah. other than some of the issues that it's causing offensively in terms of if you're rolling ready to flip and you can't pop so it creates issues right it creates issues um, i think shire's got to be a little quicker to see how they were guarding him in the first half there like you know, you put him out there, and if the uh, if the big is going to come out and guard him at the three point line for no good reason, then you can leave him out there because it's not hurting our offense. But if a coach is going to be smart enough just to actually sag, have the players sag fifteen feet off of him, you can't have him out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's and they said. Yeah, they said that you take away the cuts, make yeah. it even hard to to get a three point shot off because mm-hmm. they're everybody's kind of you know pressed outward. Um, yeah. Yeah. Once he had the ball at the top, like he, and it's like, if you're going to take a three, it's either that one or a corner. Right. And for him to just not take that shot at all, it's like, dude, at that point, you can't play in this game, probably. Right. Or, or we have to figure it out and do things differently because I don't care if you miss it or airball it. You got to shoot it. Yeah. And we you, know he can. We know it. he can make them. Like yeah. That. He's not like, he doesn't have a bad shot. I mean, um, I'm not saying I'm sure, he's going to shoot 40%, but like, even guys like you know Wendell Carter and uh, Vernon Carey and uh, Marvin Bagley, they would take a wide open three when the defender was playing fifteen feet off of them. Yeah, you just have to. You Marshall Plumley still one of one. Yeah, know? exactly. Hey, yeah, um, yeah. You know, so I think I think Grow kind of nailed it though. The the biggest concern for me is Duke's always been a team that's known for shooting or making more free throws than anybody else shoots. Yeah. Right. Like that was a huge K thing, especially kind of starting like the late nineties, uh, two thousand early the early aughts there. Um we are not good at that at all this year. And it doesn't seem to matter who we play. I mean, Tyrese has one free throw, Roach has two, Flip how it only shoots three. We only shoot twelve as a team. To be five out, to have such an open lane, to want to be able to drive and play quick, we got to get to the line because we're sh- we're making nine of twelve. We're shooting seventy five percent as a team. Like yep. that needs to be closer to twenty to twenty five, <laughs> and it's just not. Um, you know, I don't know if that's the system or just the guys are just not not going in to draw the contact or what it is. But that's something that I think we should probably monitor. Um, well, I don't want to. I don't want to move into the Michigan State preview without talking about that final 4.6 seconds. And uh, yeah, take it away. I know you got some thoughts on that. So, uh, how did you like the the Leitner pass? Um, it made absolutely no sense to me. You know, with 4.6 seconds, I don't see why you don't have a guy at least coming off, you know, coming off the free throw line and and trying to get a a straight line shot you can get two or three dribbles before heaving it up from half court or maybe even inside a half court throwing that pass to flip and him catching it there at the sideline with his back to the basket with presumably one or two guards going to be down like what is what is he going to do with it there i just didn't understand what was what the point in that one was yeah, that was uh, pretty criminal really right to for that just to be and i even heard uh, maybe it was Ryan or maybe it was John that were like, well, you know, with that amount of time, you're just kind of throwing it up and hoping it's like, no, you're not like you have way more time than that. Right. We yeah. even were talking about the you bring flip the up, to half up yeah. yeah, and catch it. And you got two guards streaking to try to just give and go or to do something. Um, I would have been fine with even just if you are going to throw a long pass, just throw it to somebody in the center of the court or yes. something. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so it's get, less likely to get tipped out of bounds yeah. and the person can just turn around and throw a half court shot. Even that's better than yeah. throwing in this area where it's so easy to steal or trap. Yeah. How yeah. much time did Caleb Love have when he caught the ball off the off the rim and got down there and took the <laughs> shot that he get, right? Probably right. the same amount. Maybe <laughs> yeah. le- maybe it took him less than five seconds to get that shot. I mean, yeah. if, like you said, if nothing else, give me the Sean Dockery attempt. Yeah. Right. V- VT, right. Give me that at least someone catching and looking at the rim. But, you know, whatever. Uh, it, it doesn't matter at this point. But, yeah, brutal. Yeah, Br- just a, brutal I ending mean, there. Yeah, just a, I, I just, that one just got me more than anything, I guess, because I just have never seen that with that much time. If it's one, one second, two seconds, okay, maybe, but 4.6, like I, especially with a Roach or a Foster, McCain, like get a screen for them, get them going towards the basket, get the ball to them, and, 
let them see what happens. Yeah. yeah. I guess for me, I was just already deflated after like we scored and we slept the four and they get the M one to yeah. me. It was like, well, if you get the stop there, you might break them. Right. Yep. Psychologically, you might you might get in their heads. Cameron's going to be fired up. If you score after that, it's over. Yeah. More than likely. But if you just get the stop, it's huge to give up the M one after doing that. You know, those guys were like, oh, yeah, this is <laughs> it's over, bro. Like, yeah. this is over. Um, but whatever whatever we'll see you know no no time to rest here or whatever long run like i'm like you said at the start i'm i'm glad we had this game i don't think it hurts us at all no um you know going forward i'd I'd rather learn these lessons in november than to learn them you know late march um when when you're going home from learning them so yeah. i mean we've, we've seen that uh that shire can get a team to improve dramatically throughout the year yep the issue, of course, is that you have to front load the schedule because of the way the ACC is now. So you yeah. have all these really tough games. So if you come out of it not winning enough of them, then you just end up with a four or five seed. And then it's just, you know, tougher path than it needs to be. Not that it would rule out anything, but it's just an unfortunate situation where if the ACC was really good, I just would not be worried about this at all because you'd have so many chances to kind of redeem yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I love having it. Um, I was just kind of hoping with not being so freshman oriented that it would be a game yeah. we could win at home, you know, too. I guess I was maybe a little too optimistic. I think we all picked uh, picked us to win there, but, you know, um, we'll, we'll see. If we get another chance at maybe what's a not so great win even if we would win i don't know michigan state's kind of like in a weird place right now yeah. but um i mean they're they're still probably pr ranked pretty high i'm guessing yeah i don't know what they'll tomorrow. be when the when it comes yeah. out tomorrow they're 30th on ken palm right now um right so you know but, we'll but weren't weren't they like uh they're fourth i would imagine so they're, they're not gonna fall like no they'll probably be like 12 five, eight yeah, nine, 10, yeah 12 maybe yeah 12 maybe yeah i mean that's, that's, that's still gonna look like that's... a good win is the point yeah, yeah yeah it should um it should especially by the time that they're like seven and one in february or whatever right it is, right whatever the whenever Izzo turns it on um but so yeah that's tuesday in chicago the champions classic we get michigan state i think i saw somewhere where this is like one of the rare times we get the early game, which we is kind of nice. It feels like we yeah. always get the late game, which really sucks. But um, love getting that 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 early one. So instead of this being a top five matchup, we're probably looking at maybe a top fifteen ish matchup, probably somewhere around in there. I don't know where how far Duke's going to fall. I wouldn't think we'd get, you know, massacred for losing the game to Arizona. But um, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Michigan State right now is in a really funky place. So they lost to James Madison at home. And if you want to think, well, you know, maybe James Madison is really good. Well, then they followed that up with a double overtime scraping win against Kent State after that. So maybe yeah. they're just they just not that good to begin with. Um, I was looking two games. at. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say I was looking at all their Ken Palm numbers. Yeah, they're you, you yeah. were probably about to get into this, but they're not doing anything well. No, nope. nothing. Six and a half percent from three through two games. Yeah. That's three hundred and fiftieth. And good news for us, they're horrible at rebounding, too. Yeah, yeah, they do like to do they do like to assist on a lot of their field goals right. makes, but they're not they're not shooting or making or take they're not doing anything from three. Um, yep. Their offense looks absolutely dreadful right now. Now I say all this and Tyson <laughs> Walker is probably going for 30, right? Like that. Maybe. Um, we we ought to hammer this, I would imagine, right? Coming off a loss, um, the defense looked fine against Arizona, right? That was one thing that we thought this game was going to be played in the 80s or maybe even higher. And I know they got 78, but for the most part, this game was played in the 60s and like barely kind of creeping into the 70s late. Um, that ought to be a big advantage for us, playing a Michigan State team that has no offensive identity really and can't shoot. So you talk about shooting, it's even harder to shoot in those huge ass arenas like what they'll be playing in. So that's probably, you know, hopefully works in our favor as well. You got to think, right? Yeah, or at least you got to hope that we can get something out of that. Um, now they're old, you know, they start what three seniors and a junior and a sophomore or something like that. Um, yeah. So, you know, they got some experience, but so do we, really. You know, I mean, our starting lineup has all been back. Roach has been through all of these kinds of games. Um, I don't think anyone's going to be going to be scared of that. And, I, you know, I would look for Flip to play just as well, if not better. 
I don't see anyone on their front line where I'm like, oh, this guy's going to give flip like a ton of problems. Malik Hall, 6'8", 220. I'll take seven foot 250, you know, with a guy that can space. Um, they don't really have anyone off their bench. I think this playing major minutes um, that could, could come in and challenge him for that either. So should be a big game for flip. Um, and they get the uh, big guy that we were recruiting. Was it uh, Xavier Boker? You see that name on there? I think he's coming yeah. off the bench. It was like a top. T- that was like a very brief like recruitment, though, right? Sure. Like a very, very brief. Yeah, yeah he is. He look. is listed. He is listed here. Uh, but he's, uh, you know, it's only two games, of course. But he's down in the limited role slash limited number of possessions used part of Ken Palm here. He's okay. actually listed very last, so he's not playing a big role so far. Uh. But yeah, I do remember us recruiting him, and he's kind of intriguing because he's athletic. He can mm-hmm. shoot a little bit, um, could probably protect the rim. But you know, who knows? He's well, still a freshman. Is, you know, Izzo also didn't play. I was going to say, leave it to Izzo yeah. to bury a top ten <laughs> recruit on the bench, Jaren right? Jackson, like, junior. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Shout out to Jaron Jackson. Um, you know, so in, in his six minutes a game at Michigan State. <laughs> yeah, um, you know they they do block shots. They they do like to get up and, and some of your stuff there. But I just I don't. I don't see Flip having a bad game unless just Flip has a bad game, right? right where if he's sure. just like turning the ball over, dribbling off his legs, or just missing wide open shots. Um, but he should be able to pretty much get in, in spaces. They're not like their guards size shouldn't bother us. I mean, six one, six four, six four would match up great with that. The Holloman six two. Um I don't know. I hate to predict kind of a, another big a big win after just getting blasted from doing it against Arizona, but I don't I feel like I'm being too positive here. Do y'all see anything that says, you know, hey, we could really lose this game or we should really be watching out for this? This is going to be tough. I just don't see it. Any of y'all make the argument for Michigan State here? Anybody going with the Sparties? Nah. I mean, I haven't watched them play, but. Do you I, need to? Really? I, you know? I don't know if, yeah, exactly. It would be massively disappointing. And I would start to question some of the things we're doing out on the court if we weren't yes. able to kind of bounce back and get this win. Yes. Um, yeah, we we dropped this one back-to-back to Arizona, Michigan State. It's Obviously, it's not like full-on panic, but it's full-on early season panic yeah. for me, right, in terms yeah. of like, okay. It's like, well, oh, maybe we're not as good as we thought, maybe. like, uh, Right. There's an inflation caused by ending the end of last year so well and all that stuff, so. And and just thinking that okay, all of these frosh are going to make this big leap right. into sophomores, and we've seen it from Flip. Uh, jury's still out on the other two, right? To see if they're going to make that level of of improvement. Um, Roach is probably just going to be the same guy he's kind of been. Maybe you get a little bit better right. efficiency here or there. Um, but yeah, yeah, we lose this one, and it's probably DefCon three or four for me, right? Of like, especially you don't get another got, chance for. Yeah. A, you know, so you get Arkansas, and Arkansas uh, after and that's on the road, right? And and if the we, road. You drop these two. What, I'm not going to predict us to go down and win in Arkansas. No, that's right? going to be but tough. That's going to be a tough place. That was my loss to begin with. Probably. Yeah. I think I had yeah. us going three and one or two and two and these four. Um, and you want to so, talk about physical teams like, yeah. you know, Arkansas is going to play physically. Yeah. Um, and Musselman's a wild man, too. Yeah. Right. So he's going to be out there like that place is going to be rocking. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, their offense fun, is good. But, their offense is going to be disgusting, I'm sure. But yeah, I'm sure defense will be insane. Yeah, yeah. I and mean, they had one of those charity exhibitions that they packed out, filled out. Yeah. So yeah. Um, so you know, and and our boy L. Ellis is down there. So uh, you know, oh. from Louisville. So <laughs> he, might, he might drop a thirty burger on us again or something. Well, I mean, but, did he put like twenty on us like in the first yeah. couple minutes? <laughs> yeah, he was he was unstoppable there for like a seven minute stretch or whatever it was, but. Um, yeah, so I mean, I guess we can give official might as well since we do it with with uh, Arizona here. Um, Shu, I'll go to your first. Give me a score. Michigan State Champions Classic Tuesday in Chicago. Um, I'm gonna Kimball go seventy one sixty eight. Okay. Oh, he's got it low. I was gonna go like eighty two seventy three. Eighty two seventy three. Okay, do by nine. Okay. Yeah. Roll what you got. Yeah, after seeing our offense, I'm not willing to say that we're going to score in the 80s. Um, 74 to 68. Oh, okay. So you are going, hmm. All right. Yeah. 
the only reason I'm going to give a, a little bit higher scoring than I want to is because John seemed pretty heated about the lack of ball right. movement and what we were doing in the second half. It looked fine. Um, give me what'd you say, shoot 8273? Yeah, mm, man, this is gonna not age well at all. What, what the hell? Give me 8568. I'll, I'll I'll take that. Um, not it, it, we might not win by that big of a chance, but I think right now in my mind that should be the gap between these two teams. I am not sold on Michigan State, especially not Michigan State November. Um, you know they beat us, they beat us, but uh, and it, I think they will just say more about us than it will about them. At that, I think point. they'll have a decent contingency of fans in Chicago. I mean that's not far. Um, not right. as many as we will though. Yeah. 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 Not, I mean, John's from up there. Okay, sure. yeah. bloodlines are deep up there. I would imagine we would have a pretty, um, a pretty good right. showing. So, you know, seventy-one sixty-eight to me seems really, really small of a margin there for Kim Palm. So maybe he he knows something more about it than I do. But it also also just seems, uh, like I said before, I think there's a lot of baked in stuff about last year's pace and all that there. Um, you know, because sure. he's I'm sure he still has our pace down in like the two fifties or something. Sure. Um and, and Tyson Walker's great. Like I'm I'm right. I think he's phenomenal. I was high on him last year too, but you know, we got some guys that we can throw on him. You know, you put Proctor on him at six five, you need to bring Blake's in or let, let Jared do it. Um, you know, I, I think we'll be fine, Yeah, so. I agree with what you were saying is like if we lose this one, to me it just says more about us not being ready rather yeah. than Michigan, Michigan State. State being good. If, if we yeah. play well, we should beat the doors off of them, honestly. Yeah. Um, I think if we play the exact same way that we just did against Arizona, yeah. we beat Michigan State by five to seven. Right. Right. Now, if we play better than that, that's what I'm hoping. Then that's why, you know, um, a 17 point point prediction is a, a little uh, drastic. But <laughs> well, what's out? Right. Like, I don't care. Um, doesn't matter to me. But we make so. stupid predictions on this podcast all the time. Who cares? Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> so uh, why, why not be positive at this point? People aren't keeping receipts so far, it doesn't seem like. We haven't gotten no. a lot of emails calling out our dumb predictions. Yeah, well, because most of our listeners are going to be wanting us to, to right. probably pick Duke, right? <laughs> it's not like our CBS guys or the, the Ion College basketball <laughs> where they have to be a little more more tame. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Uh, so we'll probably come back sometime after the Michigan State game um, and do a little yeah. reaction to that and then kind of preview – Maybe some Funk of these Nell. other ones. That are, yeah. yeah. I think I'm going to that one. We might lump Friday. some of those together because it's Funk Nell, LaSalle, Southern Indiana, right? So like we can maybe lump some of that stuff together. But we'll definitely come back after Michigan State to um, either either write the ship or to do some doom and gloom stuff. But in the meantime, rate, review, subscribe. You can email us at thedevilsdenpod at gmail.com. As always, you can find us on the board or YouTube, thedevilsden.com. Um, we're on Twitter at devilsdenpod247. And uh, keep your head up. No love lost over here. Keep the faces strong and the verb high. Go do it.